1: Good morning. Welcome to Iowa Catholic Radio, 11, fifty a.m., 88.5 FM, 94.5 FM. Father PJ, good morning.
2: Good morning, Father. Good to have you here. It's good to so be here. So today
1: had. we have on a very special day, so let us begin. In the name of the Father, and in the Son, and in the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, who brought St. Louis from the cares of earthly rule to the glory of a heavenly realm, grant, we pray... Through his intercession, that by fulfilling our duties on earth, we may seek out your eternal kingdom. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So we have a very interesting meditation in this first section of the program about the testament. To his son by Saint Louis,
2: right. So, so this week we 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 have a set of feasts that are really really cool, and I think very very helpful for a lot of our families. Uh, Saint Louis, the King, Saint Louis the Ninth, who's for whom the city is named in uh, in Missouri, um, is is really a profound character in the in the Church in the Middle Ages. He's a great uh, example of um, a Christian husband and father, and he leaves us um, in the breviary. Uh, a letter which he wrote to his son from prison about sort of the duties of a king. And so I thought we'd, we'd reflect in this section on St. Louis and, and, and the advice that he gives to his son about how to be a good Christian man. And then ultimately, um, ultimately to um, look at St. Augustine and St. Monica. I, my goal is that if we look at, at, at parents and children, um, that we'll, we'll have a sense of how we should better be, both as parents and as kids together in Christ. And especially beginning this new
1: school Year with uh, many challenges and uh, a very unexpected uh, new dressing, new social distance. It's important to encourage the saints to protect our parents, provide them patience, tolerance, and flexibility about these rules.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. I keep telling ours over at Christ the King space and grace.
1: Is space and grace. Okay. Space, space,
2: both physical and then and then kind of emotional, and, and grace especially as we all kind of struggle through this because nobody's getting it 100% right. It's worth saying at the outset, of course, that St. Louis has been in the news in the last mm, two months in a way that he has not for several hundred years, um, and that <laughs> largely due to the protests that occurred in St. Louis with the statues. I don't think it's worth diving doing a super deep dive, deep dive into that except to say this. The purpose of the saints in the history of the church is not to provide... Um, perfect examples of Christian living. It's to provide real life models of how this could actually look in a, in, in a real person, and that necessarily means that they struggle with sin. Correct. So it shouldn't surprise us that Saint Louis struggled with uh, the the sin of racism or anti Semitism, which is essentially what the protest was about. That's not to defend racism or anti Semitism; those are both grave moral evils, and the Church universally condemns. Absolutely, but but that in one and the same person is this struggle with sin and this tremendous growth in virtue. And if that can be true for St. Louis with, with with this particular sin, then for all of our listeners, whatever they're struggling with, that doesn't mean they can't also grow in grace simultaneously. This is a very good clarification, Father,
1: because last weekend, last Sunday, we're talking about Peter. You mm-hmm. are Peter and you are the rock. And sometimes the people make a huge generalizations about if one priest messes up, you know, mm-hmm. if one priest fell down, we judge all the entire Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. Right. And we need to be excessively prudent about this kind of judging because we cannot produce any kind of a bad situation to everybody when it's just one individual.
2: That's exactly right. St. Louis has this to say to his son. He says, My dearest son, my first instruction is that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and strength. Without this, there is no salvation Keep yourself, my son, from everything that you know displeases God, that is to say, from every mortal sin. You should permit yourself to be tormented by every kind of martyrdom before you would allow yourself to commit a single mortal sin.
1: A single mortal, mortal
2: sin. sin. Wow. So, so hear that again. You should permit yourself to be tormented by every kind of martyrdom before you would allow yourself to commit a mortal sin. Wow. I'm not there yet. I mean, I, I'd like to be, but I'm not, and I, I don't know. I suspect you're not either. He goes on to say, listen to the divine office with pleasure and devotion. As long as you're in church, be careful not to let your eyes wander and not to speak empty words, but to pray devoutly, either aloud or with the interior prayer of the heart. So, so, so he's trying to get us to focus at church, really, really focus. Us and our kids focus on what's happening. Not to be inhuman and think that two-year-olds can't do what, what, what's impossible for them, but, but that by your own example... Focusing on the liturgy helps the child to focus on the liturgy and not on whatever is distracting them.
1: Towards very interesting pleasure and devotion. Mm-hmm. How we can clarify that in our spiritual life? I mean, in our life have to be enjoyable experience. Of course, but if not, will be imagine that a disaster and also devotion.
2: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So devotion is ultimately prayer of the heart, devotio, right? So the, so the, the movement of the will towards something else. And, and of course, our wills only move toward that which we like. Now, we have to be careful, especially in the context of common worship with like stirring up the wrong emotions. Enthusiasm is what they used to call this, right? Um, but, but we also have to be intentional, learning to love the things that God loves and disdain the things that God disdains. To that end, he says, and this is really important, considering it's coming from a king, who at the time was one of the richest men in the world. Be kind-hearted to the poor, the unfortunate, and the afflicted. Give them as much help and consolation as you can. And thank God for all the benefits he has bestowed upon you, that you may be worthy to receive greater. Be just to your subjects, swaying neither to right nor left, but holding the line of justice. Always side with the poor rather than the rich until you are certain of the truth. See that all your subjects live in justice and peace, but especially those who have ecclesiastical rank and who belong to religious orders. So what he's, what he's articulating here really is what the church calls the preferential option for the poor. Those who are more disadvantaged get wider birth because they have less resources at the outset. And those who have more resources are obliged by divine law. It's not just a nice thing if they would like to do it to take care of the poor.
1: At the same time, describe an, a clearly relationship between parents and children, especially to encourage them not only to accomplish the duties from the school also
2: to thinking a little bit far away about the life itself that's exactly right and and and, and he articulates that especially in terms of connection to to the church, be devout and obedient to our mother the Church of Rome, and to the Supreme Pontiff as your spiritual father. That's more than just a sort of Catholic claim against others or something. There weren't many others running around at this point. It's simply recognizing that just as we have natural devotion to our parents, so all of us should have natural devotion to the church as our mother. Beautiful,
1: between between quotation marks, the instruction about obedience. Yeah. Very, yeah. obedience means discipline at this context, but at the same time, leading by testimony of
2: life. There were uh, Saint Louis is famous for many things. One of them was his care of the poor. He would wash the feet of twelve beggars on a Holy Thursday, so he would bring them in to have have a meal with him, and then he would wash their feet, uh, just just as the Lord had. And also, you know, there were several times that he and the Holy Father had to have encounters, and then he had to change positions because the because the Pope said, I think this isn't the right call. And that's a very difficult thing for a ruler to do, to figure out what's right for his people and what to do with the rest of the church. But the point here is that he recognized that those in authority over him needed him to be obedient, just as he needed his subjects to be obedient to him. Absolutely. So finally is the hierarchical relationship
1: with God, and obviously about our superiors as a religious people of God, at the presbyterate, People of God, as well, and also fathers and children, as well. That's exactly right. Great.
2: In conclusion, dear son, I give you every blessing that a loving father can give a son. May the three persons of the Trinity and all the saints protect you from every evil, and may the Lord give you the grace to do His will, so that you may be served and honored, so that He may be served and honored through you. That in the next life we may together come to see Him, love Him, and praise Him unceasingly.
1: Amen. Amen. Amazing, amazing. And also will be uh, very nicely guidelines in the present future for parents today that sometimes have in these unexpected times that looking for the details and lose
2: the whole picture in terms to improving our life. That's exactly right. Would that all fathers and sons, mothers and daughters could leave this sort of a legacy for one another.
1: Iowa Catholic Radio, 1150
2: AM, 88.5 FM, 94.5 FM. Be not afraid. Thank you, Dream Dirt Farm Real Estate and Auction, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. And be not afraid. Dream Dirt Farm Real Estate and Auction is a licensed, accredited, and experienced farm brokerage and auction company. Learn more at DreamDirt.com, including their online auction house, FarmBid, at bid.dreamdirt.com. DreamDirt Farm and Equipment Auction Services. Farm Auctions, done right.
0: Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. Their number is 515- 276-055 one or online at com. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know
2: Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at BigRedQ-Des Moines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy.
0: What is the best gift ever?
1: Welcome back to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. So this week, Father, we have a very uh, pedagogical liturgy of the Word and also life of the saints. So we have Saint Louis in the first in the first segment about this testimony to to his son, and now we have a two very good
2: representatives about this kind of relationship, Saint Monica and Saint Augustine as well. That's right. So probably very many of our listeners are familiar with. Um, the story of St. Monica, who, who worked after her son um, for years before he finally was able to convert. Um, and that's really, really important because she, the, so many of our, our families, right, the kids don't stay in the faith, and so I know I have hundreds, and you probably do too, of parents that still come to church. The kids are real far away. Father, what did I do wrong? What did the schools do wrong? How right. are we going to fix this? All that sort of business. And Monica is, I think, a terrific example I know of no place in the in the writings where we see her accusing herself. What did I do wrong? Why did Augustine go away? All she's concerned with is begging God to get him back. Right, and
1: uh, some, sometimes create a lot of tension between parents, and these tensions it's uh, moving forward to certain guiltiness. Mm-hmm. So what I miss in this part of the education, and obviously testimony of faith to the children of God. But at the same time, it's important to know that it's not easy word to move forward in, in, in terms of God's business, may I say that?
2: Before. Yeah, that's right. I think, I think one great thing um, for our, for our uh, listeners to take away from all this, right? So, so Monica and Augustine are probably the most famous examples of this parent-child thing where the, where the parent um, works for the conversion of their child for years and years and years. Ultimately, Augustine does come to the faith. Very shortly thereafter, Monica dies. So one wow. question I often ask um, parents when they're going through this with their kids is, well, what if you died? What if you never saw uh, this conversion? Would it not be worth it because you didn't get to see it sort of thing? Because that's often where this goes. And that, what that shows, right, is it really winds up being much more about us than about other people. The other thing I, I think is really important is when we, when we uh, apply that title saint to somebody, it makes them sound like they're perfect or impeccable uh, or something. Right, right. And, and these two especially, we tell the story as though Augustine's just a horrible sinner and Monica's this devout church lady. And then all of a sudden there's a switch and then Augustine's on the other side too. And the truth is Monica's story is real messed up also. So she's married to this abusive jerk and she becomes an alcoholic and so she's a, she's a patroness of alcoholics because she was an alcoholic herself um, and eventually a- attained sobriety, uh, not quite the way that we often do that now. But but um, but so so this is really significant. You know, the patroness of of sort of convert parents, right, is 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 this alcoholic abused wife, mm-hmm. but who never gave up. Not a perfect church lady, but sort of she's probably not the woman that you would you, you would walk up to at mass. She's exactly the opposite. Wow.
1: So she felt discouraged, but never gave up. And this is a very interesting quote, not only for uh, San Monica's refer to San Agustin or San Monica itself, but also for the current parents that probably had been exactly living it. the same picture. And obviously, something disheartened Create, I mean, inconsistent frustration, but it's not a
2: moment to give up. That's exactly right. One of the things I take great comfort for in this story is that Monica for years went to every priest and bishop she could find to try and get them to work on her son. And it was ultimately St. Ambrose, for whom our own cathedral is dedicated, who, right. who brings Augustine to the faith. But, um, but earlier on, she runs into a bishop um, who, at least as a priest, the way I read this is the kind of thing you and I have probably said dozens of times, which is a way to get rid of these annoying people. Um, and and, and he says, go now, I beg you. It is not possible that the son of so many tears should perish. Well, of course, that's not strictly true. Lots of kids don't come back to the faith, and they knew that in the fourth century as well as we know it today. But God spoke through that bishop, whether he knew it or not. The bishop may well have just been trying to get rid of her, but he wound up uttering a kind of prophecy about what was going to to, to happen with this kid, which means, Father, that even even in our failures in ministry, God continues to use us. Very, very, very
1: eloquent explanation. But that it, it's important also the clarification that you said. Saint is not equivalent to be perfect. Yes. saint is not to sinless. To be immaculate, That's in right. other words. Because sometimes we presume that, that the Lord invites us to be perfect at his perfection. We have some weaknesses that is not improving right away and immediate. So it's part of the conversion process in our life even though for a priest as well.
2: That's right. The other thing that's very clear to me in Monica and Augustine's story is that um, like, this is a complex and probably not super healthy relationship. Right? <laughs> so so sh- I, the, the, it's a holy relationship. I tell people this in the confessional all the time. We're called to model ourselves after the holy family, not the healthy family, not the not the totally functional family, absolutely. But but, but the holy family, and that authentic holiness lives in the midst even of our own dysfunction. So you know, the, Monica's big gripe is that she Augustine is shacked up with this college girlfriend essentially, and and they don't get married. And it's not clear if that's because she's a slave and she can't get married, or what the deal is. But but he has this living girlfriend, and Monica tries to arrange a marriage to get him out of it, and and that breaks his heart. He 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 really never altogether recovers from the loss of that girl. So it wasn't just he wasn't just like a frat boy who was sort of with every woman that he could find. He was he did what a lot of kids do, which is go move in with their college girlfriend to make their mom mad. But what but what happened was mom didn't give in to that temptation. She took all that energy and she focused it on getting her son to come to faith. When Monica dies shortly after Augustine's conversion, he's so new to the faith that he refuses to let himself cry. And he writes years later that that was a mistake, and that and that and that Christians are allowed to mourn even in death, and that he afterwards never approached the altar as a priest without shedding a tear for his mother. May the Lord in His
1: mercy and compassion, those words help us to grow in together in a faithful to God's mercy and compassion. Iowa Catholic Radio, eleven fifty a.m. eighty-eight point five FM, ninety-four point five FM. Be not afraid. San Agustin, San Monica. Thank you to Mercy One for their support
0: of Iowa Catholic Radio From the cardiovascular experts at the Iowa Heart Center To the pediatric services of Mercy Children's Hospital and Clinics Mercy provides complete care for Central Iowa's adults and children With more than 50 primary care and specialty clinics in the Des Moines area Find a convenient Mercy One location near you Online at mercydesmoines.org Meals from the Heartland's 13th Annual Hunger Fight runs from August 24th through September 12th. The challenge is to package 6 million meals in three weeks to feed the hungry around the world. Blessman International seeks 65 volunteers to pack meals for two hours to help meet the challenge. The event is Thursday evening, August 27th from 6 to 8. For more information, email marvin at blessmaninternational.org by August 25th. For more information or to register to help, email marvin at org. Check out the latest issue of The Catholic Mirror hitting mailboxes this weekend. Hear from the Diocesan Superintendent of Schools and Catholic Principals on how they welcome kids back to the classroom while taking precautions for social distancing and sanitation. Read about the Chrysler Life Conference, the new streaming option, and safety and sanitation measures. Learn about women in Council Bluffs baking up thousands of pies to support their parish. And read about a Diocesan priest stuck abroad for almost four months due to COVID-19. Check out these stories and much more in the August issue of The Catholic Mirror hitting mailboxes this weekend.
1: Welcome back to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio Talking with this kind of conversion These amazing saints St. Louis, St. Augustine, St. Monica So we have an amazing piece of the gospel For this coming Sunday, Friday Father, sorry So if you can
2: lead us to, to read the gospel We'll be great From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid, Lord, that that should ever happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not on the side of God, but of men. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life would lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life? Or what shall a man give in return for his life? For the Son of man is to come with the angels in his glory in the glory of the Father, and then he will repay every man for what he has done.
1: So how can I conquer that glory and victory of the kingdom of God? through my weaknesses, through my fragilities. Because Peter and a week ago That's right. is speaking in a very very protagonist picture in the first time in, in the first part of the picture, the movie star, you are Peter, you you will be built this uh, this church. And then receive this oh like, like deterring uh, caution voice from the Savior. So how we can divide debate or or better to understand in proactive manner this mandate from Jesus
2: our our protestant and orthodox friends will rightfully point out to us that mere <laughs> moments after peter is given the keys he immediately messes up oh boy <laughs> um you know it, it's uh, the, the the theological distinction here right is that popes are not infallible some things that they say are <laughs> which what, which is, what very, which we is can very, say. very helpful right so but the, the the point here is not really about popes. It's it's really about misplaced expectations. Okay. And I, and I think this speaks well to what's going on with our, our parent saints that we're looking at this week. Um, all parents have expectations for their kids. It's it's natural and right and good to hope and dream for your child as they grow. Um, and it's natural uh, and, and, and it's totally okay to feel bad when some of those dreams don't come true. We, we all have to grieve things that don't turn out the way that we hoped. Right. But – but our ho- our true hope, our, our the, the the real sort of desire of our soul, has to be not in any particular outcome, but in the salvation of our children's soul. Oh, okay, and that's and that's a very different thing. So whether Johnny grows up to be a doctor or a lawyer or a, a garbage man really doesn't matter if his soul is is in right relationship with God and he's on his way to heaven. That's what that that's what really counts here, and so. Um, you know, Monica struggled with the expectation thing with her son, um, but she eventually got it right, at least at least, right enough, right? Right. And, 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 and these misplaced expectations, likewise, um, were probably part of Augustine's initial resistance, why it took him a while to sort of come around. I think it's really important. I've had this own experience with my folks, and I think most people do. You know, when you first realize that it's possible for your parents to be wrong, you move from a place where everything they say is always right to, oh, well. If they could be wrong about this, they're probably wrong about everything, right? And it's sort of adolescent, you know, I'm not going to deal with this sort of thing. But the, but the, the mature Christian faith, right, says, no, my, my parents deserve respect and dignity because of who they are in my life. It's true that sometimes they're wrong. Sometimes they may even need corrected by their children. But that there's always a deference and a respect that ought to obtain so long as the situation's safe. Um and, uh, and that ultimately that helps us grow into our own sense of parenthood. And that's been as true for me as a priest as it is for my sister as a mom.
1: Excellent. Father, it's a little bit rude response from Jesus to St. Peter to say, get away, Satan. Mm-hmm. What is the meaning of that in, in theological meaning for us? How we can grasp that part to separate any kind of temptation to avoid God's grace and accept God's will as well. So,
2: you know, what Peter does, right, is he, he gets the equation exactly half right. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. So he recognizes who Jesus is. That part he's, he's Acept, straight on Accepting about. the Savior. But he, but he misses what the Savior's for, oh, <laughs> what the okay. Savior's come to save us from. So he immediately moves. You know, when Jesus starts prophesying a torturous death, he immediately moves to no, 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 no. We've got to raise an army and overthrow our oppressors or something, something wrong here. And, that, and that's not that's not what Jesus is doing at all. And so it's, it's a healthy um, antidote for our pride to recognize, you know, we can be right about some things and wrong about other things at exactly the same time. It's not simply a matter of being right or wrong. Most of us, most of the time are both right and wrong. This is a very very gospel illustration also to manage
1: our own life and our own weaknesses, but at the same time, our goals mm-hmm. to moving forward together. Father, we are approaching our ending of the program today. And before that, I will be asking you to give us your blessing and also in the light of St. Louis, St. Monica, and St. Augustine to moving forward and blessing all the parents that have been a lot anxious in the beginning of this scholar year to moving forward.
2: You know, the, 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 the one thing I would say before the blessing is simply this. A letter that St. Louis wrote to his son is now part of the liturgy of the church. So don't hesitate to scribble something on those sack lunches or post-it notes or you never know where it might wind up. May the passion of our Lord Jesus and the merits and the prayers of the Blessed Virgin, uh, the most perfect of all mothers of St. Monica and her son Augustine, of St. Louis the King, and of all the saints, grant that whatever good you do or suffering you endure should heal you all your sins, help you grow in holiness, and bring you to everlasting life, the Father, and And the the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: Be not afraid. Iowa Catholic Radio.